Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In this episode, we'll talk with Jennifer Cox and explore the hymn, Angels We Have Heard on High. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. Angels play a prominent role in the story of the birth of Jesus. An angel announced that Elizabeth would become pregnant with John the Baptist. An angel announced to Mary that she would bear Jesus, the Son of God. An angel advised Joseph that he should follow through with his marriage to Mary. A host of angels announced to the shepherds that Jesus was born. And finally, after Jesus was born, an angel warned Mary and Joseph to take Jesus to Egypt to avoid being killed at the hands of Herod. It is the angel's announcement of Jesus' birth to the shepherds that features prominently in today's carol, Angels We Have Heard on High. The refrain of this familiar French carol is Gloria in excelsis Deo, which is glory to God in the highest, what the angels said to the shepherds at Jesus' birth. It is also one of those rare times when Baptist congregations sing in Latin. This carol, both text and tune, originated in 18th century France, but it wasn't until the middle of the 19th century that this carol appeared in publication. Little else is known about its origin. Even for those who don't read music, the notation of the refrain looks like a waterfall, with the other parts moving around it. Today's episode concludes with the singing of Angels We Have Heard on High by the Congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church with Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ and the Vestavia Hills Baptist Church Handbell Choir. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of the podcast, feel free to email me at marty at vhbc.com. conversations week to week have been uh, such a pleasure and a joy for me to share. And uh, so I'm glad to have today Jennifer Cox. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Marty. Well, I know um, in a position like yours where um, you are both um, on staff at the church as well as a volunteer in some areas, those things can uh, sort of uh, get intertwined. But tell us, we'll, we'll talk about your your work life a little bit later, but first of all, tell us what you're involved with at VHBC uh, as a layperson. Okay, currently I play in the handbell choir. I've played for it many years. I cannot remember how many years, so maybe that attests to how many it's been, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm doing that, and that's about it as far as volunteer right now. I have taught Sunday school and done other things, but 
uh, right now the CDC kind of takes my energies. And so I devote that to that. Well, tell us a little bit about your work as the director of the Child Development Center. Okay. Um, I started as a teacher in 1999. I took over from Sue Edfelt. So I felt like I had very big shoes to fill. Um, I taught for three years and then became the director and have been doing that ever since. Um, It's very fulfilling. It's um, where I'm called to be. I have no doubt that is where God has placed me. And um, that is sometimes what gets me through the really challenging days. (laughs) So if I'm doing my math in my head quickly, you're you're approaching your 20th anniversary in the next year or so. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you've you've shared sort of in in the congregational setting in our meetings about how the CDC has adapted uh, during this um, unusual season. But I'm curious if you'd share a little bit about what that's been like, um, maybe uh, how you've approached that as the director. Um, when we realized that this was going to take place for real back in March, I remember thinking, wow, we could be closed for two whole weeks. What are the parents going to do? Well, of course, it turned out to be a wider scope than anybody ever imagined. Um, there was a lot of um, meetings and brainstorming, and it was just a constant change Uh, every day, um, trying to find out what other centers are doing. So there was that networking that went on, as well as keeping up with the teachers to make sure that they were okay, Um, following up with the health department and the state public health department and the governor's office and keeping up with um, protocol and uh, regulations that seem to constantly change and then how in the world to adapt to those changes to our, um, to our program. And um, obviously still keeping in close, close contact with uh, church staff, with um, committees, um, all of those um, wonderful groups of people that helped. And it tended to be, you know, my, my work tends to be a little bit insular, you know, I'm, um, directing and I followed my protocols and all of a sudden, you know, there was a cast of characters surrounding me that was um, helping me do my job. So it was a little bit of adjustment as far as that goes, but was more than glad to have um, that body of um, advice counsel on my side. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you're certainly to be commended uh, all your uh, successfully uh, reopening and um, providing that ministry uh, to all the the families who are a part of the CDC. So um, definitely to be commended for all that. Well, it is um, definitely a team effort. The teachers have been amazing. When we got back together and they went through their training and I said, here's how we're going to be doing things moving forward. They were like, okay. And, you know, just have not looked back and um, just the parents are amazing as well. I mean, it is truly a team effort. Um, So it's been um, 
rewarding in its own sense, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, prior to your coming to the CDC, you had some other um, church work background. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. Let's just go all the way back. How about that? Let's and do I, that. Let's do that. Um, I went to Auburn and graduated with a bachelor in um, family and child development. While I was at Auburn, um, I felt the call to pursue a seminary degree and move toward ministry work. So after a year, a gap year, I went to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville and completed a master's in religious education. Um, Came back to Birmingham, actually, and um, became the preschool children's minister on staff at Mountain Brook Baptist and stayed there for seven years. And then um, we had started our family by then, Danny and I. So we were looking for um, a different path professionally. And um, God began to open doors there and started working in weekday early education. So I taught in the weekday education at Mountain Brook Baptist and then moved on to direct the program at First Baptist and then came to Vestavia Baptist. I have no doubt that people uh, in church settings who uh, direct programs like ours, weekday, CDC, whatever the name may be, it's no doubt that people who don't have a ministry background can do that well and can can um, can provide that for a church and for the families. But I think you are an example of this, but I think it is uh, such a testament to the, the idea that what our CDC is, is a ministry. And you bring that um, perspective, you bring those skills. Uh, and I think that's um, just a wonderful thing. I, I think it's, uh, it says a lot about our church and a lot about the way that you've, um, you've set up that program uh, with uh, a ministry uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, through, that, through that lens, um, you think about it, there are so many different people groups. It's not just about the children. That's the first thing you think of when you think of a child development center. Um, but you have families that bring those children. Um, you have teachers who come every day and have committed um, to being a professional caregiver, a professional teacher, um, and all of those people groups have needs. And so I think it's very important to make sure that those needs are heard uh, and addressed when possible. And at least, you know, they feel like they um, can come to a place to work where they are supported um, emotionally as well as professionally. Well, I, that's I'm just a, a great uh, a model. So thank you for uh, being a minister in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned ringing handbells. Tell yes. us a little bit about your music background, um, okay. you know, maybe growing up as a child and into uh, adulthood. What, what has that journey been for you? I grew up at First Baptist Huntsville. And so I think I was in every age graded choir that there was. Um, I can remember the choir um, director's names and I mean, just have a very, very, very solid and enriched background in church music. We were actually 
I can actually remember First Baptist Huntsville when it was still downtown. And then I believe when I was six years old is when they moved to the building on Governors. Um, and so I remember both buildings, um, but just have very, very fond memories of music um, um, and choir went through high school. In high school, we had our youth choir had an auditioned group from the youth choir called the Tour Choir. And we actually went on tour every summer and went to different churches, sang at the Southern Baptist Convention one year, um, just had a lot of really great experiences. And then out of that group, there was also an auditioned um, group called the Voices and a little bit more secular, what I call fellowship hall music. And we would do an after concert, after our tour choir concert, we would do a voices concert on a, on a fellowship type level. And um, just a lot of fun and um, just learned so much, not just musically, but um, you know, you learn a lot of leadership skills. Um, just, there's just a lot that, that um, contributed to how I grew up the piano for um, seven or eight years also so I had that um, sight reading capability because um, you throw all that out the window when you play handbells because <laughs> when you're reading the doing the piano you have to read both staffs and the, the uh, handbells you just count you know just find your note and count it <laughs> mm -hmm. well you know I um talking about the leadership leadership skills that you learned uh you know, music is certainly a worthwhile endeavor on its own, but it's also true that there are so many other uh, benefits to making music, participating in music ensembles. You know, they talk about sort of the academic side of things, math skills, language skills, all that sort of stuff, but then also the sort of the social component of that, like you said, leadership right. skills, uh, teamwork, all those sorts of things that um, come along with. Uh, participating in music. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how many of the um, songs I can still hear and call um, that we that we did on tour choir, for instance. Some of them were even, uh, we did several lang different language pieces, you know, German, Latin, um, but all of those I can call up. And, you know, and they have such an emotional response. Our call to worship for the youth choir every Sunday night was um, the chorus. Well, this is my story. This is my song. And that is to this date, one of my favorite hymns, because I love the concept of everybody having a story. Everybody has a story um, where they came from and what their background is, but everybody has their own testimony and their own um, they may not be Damascan Road testimonies, but they are still very much real and personal and owned by that person. And I just, I just love that, um, that concept. So going uh, into adulthood, how did uh, music play a part of your, your adult life? I would say um, it probably became a little more congregational. You know, I believe I started playing handbells. Um, Daniel is 34. I believe that I played the year before I had him. So I believe I started playing handbells about 35 years ago. And um, just, I 
started at Mount Brook Baptist, and then when we went to First Baptist, I played there, and then consequently when we came here, and um, just really enjoyed, just really enjoyed that. Um, I love congregational singing, miss it right now. When I was recording the scripture this past Wednesday, um, singing in the mask just doesn't cut it. <laughs> so um, I'll, I will look forward to when we are back together and when we're back singing together. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, you uh, you mentioned uh, your son marking, marking some uh, time in your life based on when he was born. Tell us a little bit about your, your family. Okay. I have um, one husband and two children. Um, Danny and I have been married 39 years. Um, and then we have Daniel and his wife, Megan, and their two children, Elliot and Cece. They live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Mary Grace, my daughter, uh, has been married almost a year to Sean, and they live here in Vestavia. Um, and then my mom is 92, and she lives out at the Oaks, and so we see her um, quite frequently. We're, um, two years ago, we moved her, almost two years ago, we moved her from my childhood home in Huntsville. She had, um, they had lived in that house for 64 years, and so we moved her here to be closer to myself and my sister. My sister lives in uh, Trustville, and I have a brother who lives in North Carolina, so he comes when he can, and um, Mary Grace, uh, Mary Beth and I do um, the in-town care for mom. I, I remember that uh, her transition to from Huntsville to Birmingham was um, there. There was a lot going on uh, at that moment in your life, and uh, and for her too. So uh, there, was, there was a lot. It it was going swimmingly, and we had everything packed up, which again is a miracle, knowing that you've lived in a house for that length of time. And on one of the last runs to the garage. I fell down the stairs and broke three bones in my foot and one in my leg. So I borrowed my mom's walker. Sorry, mom. We went to the hospital, got, you know, all that kind of stuff taken care of and got home right when the movers were packing up and we were leaving town. And so uh, fortunately it was my left foot so I could still drive. And so I drove her car and Danny drove our car and we caravaned back to Birmingham. And that was, um, not what I envisioned happening, but I told mom, I said, I think it would be fun to just drive around town before we leave and kind of say goodbye to our favorite hot spots. And she said, let's just go to Birmingham. And I said, okay. So, not quite how I envisioned it, but it, um, it has been a good transition. It really has. Yeah. Grateful yeah. for that. Very, very grateful. Yeah. I have, um, concluded these podcast interviews with a question based on a Bible verse. John 10, 10, the second half of that verse says that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so I've been asking folks, what is bringing them life? And so Jennifer, I'll ask you, what's bringing you life? I think of, um, and you gave several good suggestions so that I don't have to be just only holy, you know, I can be human too. Um, every, before we started, we were talking about how, um, I, I get up very early and we have a screened in back porch, which is just a little piece of heaven. And so I go sit out there 
Uh, this morning, it was a bit of a struggle because it was really, really cold. But um, I go sit out there and read um, until I have to get up and get ready for work or get up and do whatever it is I have to do. So that is um, truly a place where I can just feel in touch. Um, it shores me up for the day. Um, Danny will join me, but he doesn't, you know, we don't talk. It's just individual quiet time on the porch. It's, it's a very peaceful, peaceful place. Um, we FaceTime a lot with the grandchildren, which is always an adventure. Um, we FaceTimed with them yesterday and um, got to see, let's see, a chase through the house that ended up with everybody, the children, getting in the bath and got to watch them play with shaving cream in the bathtub. So it's always very, um, very much fun to participate with those FaceTimes. And um, I love to crochet. And that um, centers me. I, Danny and I will watch movies and I, that will give me something to do with my hands. And I think I'm on my fourth blanket this year. And it's just a very um, relaxing thing for me to do. And it just kind of chases things away that I don't want to deal with or that I am tired of dealing with for the day. So it's a very nice, um, a great hobby and a great reset button. Um, I love to read fiction. It's probably a form of escape. That's okay. Um, and I, you know, read so much and so fast that I rarely retain any of the storylines. <laughs> but um, it's I read for the moment, and I, I do enjoy um, enjoy enjoy reading a lot. I get that from my mom. I will go to the library and get six books for her, and in two weeks she's saying, "Okay, you can bring me some more." So we both enjoy reading. Um, I guess those are few things that, um, like I said, Dan and I enjoy movies or series. We're watching The Crown right now and have enjoyed that. Of course, I have to have a cheat sheet, figure out who everybody is, but um, <laughs> kind of brush up on my English history and, and the monarchy, but mm -hmm. enjoy, enjoy watching things like that. Uh, so many, I love, love hearing, I've loved hearing everybody's answers to this and yours. Um, you know, to just things that are keeping us uh, centered and some semblance of normalcy uh, in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, when when so much else seems um, in disarray or uh, in a state of flux, uh, to say the least. Right. Uh, those things that uh, that that ground us and bring us to center, I think, are so important. So I'm. I'm, I've been so glad to hear folks who've yeah. shared what, what's bringing them life. And I, I thank you for that. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Try to keep focused on um, what's within my circle of control. You yes. know, we, we talk about that at work a lot. There's a lot of things yes. we cannot control. And so we just have to focus on what we can. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, I am so grateful for uh, us having had this conversation and for you as a ministry colleague at VHBC and um, uh, just appreciate you so much taking the time out to chat with me today. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.
Take care. Subscribing to this podcast makes it easy to find new episodes. This episode concludes with the singing of angels we have heard on high.